Hi friends, welcome to LF Army, a podcast for Leafs fans, by Leafs fans, brought to you by My Entertainment World. I'm Adam, and this is Andrew to my right. Which you can't see because you're listening to this yeah. podcast, but it's good to know. Yeah, take our Spatial awareness. Um, how's it going, man? Good. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to the podcast. It, you know what? It's, it's going well, but some doubt is starting to creep in. It's going well. Will he or won't he? Yeah. No, let's not. We'll get to that later. Yeah, will he or won't he? Yeah. Um, um, I, yeah, I have to say, things were going really, really well, and uh, I just don't know right now. Um, it Things feel like they're starting to spiral out of control. Um, big game tonight. Yeah. Uh, let's. Do you want to start with the best night of our entire lives? You know I do. All right, let's do this. Absolutely. Okay, so you were in a super fancy box at the game uh, against... Uh, a gondola, I believe they called it. Nice. Yes. Uh, Toronto, Winnipeg. Yeah, last Saturday. Yeah, and you yes. were two rows behind the bench? I was two rows behind the bench. I was sitting uh, 11 seats away from the super tanned white-haired guy who sits behind the Leafs bench. Don't know his name. I was afraid to go and talk to him, but I was really, really excited to see him. I took a picture of it. Was he there? He was there. It was I amazing. heard that he missed a game recently. He did. He missed the last two games. I haven't seen that him behind be the it. bench the last couple of games. That's you know the Leafs go cold at home. Yeah, I think we just found our reason. Yeah, it's not Martino Ortiz at all. No, well a little bit. And she's back. Well, yeah, was yeah. gone for a short period. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad she's back. Yeah. Um, friends, I can't tell you how exciting that whole experience was for us because neither of us could afford those seats any other time. Yeah, no. Really. We both locked out in um, some random last-minute invites to the game. Yeah. And it was unreal, and it put a lot of things into perspective for us. Um, sitting, it, yeah, sitting, it, sitting behind the glass was super cool, but it was also like I'm used to being able to see kind of like the way plays develop and, and all that stuff. I felt like I was in the game in a way that I've never felt before. See, and I have to say that sitting up in the box, which actually overhangs the upper deck, um, I got to watch the plays develop in a way that I never have before. Nice. Right? Because yeah. you're watching bird's eye view straight down, um, and the formations, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I almost wish that during a broadcast, um, they had that angle more mm -hmm. readily available. Not, I mean, we're all used to that side view of the game, track the puck and the play back and forth along the ice. Um, but just watching the plays develop mm -hmm. and player movement was, it, it opened my eyes to yeah. the way that this team plays, to the way that, that any modern NHL team plays really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And from where I was sitting, like, it was interesting. I, I like the glass kind of bends and so it was like there was just like i don't know a third of the ice a quarter of the ice that i just couldn't see along the boards you know so I, I didn't see the matthews injury i sat um i went to a marley's preseason game this year mm -hmm. that was a, a fan event and so it was just general admission and i decided to try my hand at sitting right up at the glass mm -hmm. which i've never done before and i uh unbeknownst to me although maybe deep in my subconscious I'm a huge chicken, and every time a big <laughs> hit was laid right in front of me, yeah. the the glass does bend, and it bends. I don't know. I thought that the the rink was sturdier than it is, yeah. perhaps, and I'm sure it is. You know, 
those boards can take a hit. But I was jumping out of my seat left, right, and center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No and I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it for more than a period. Not for me. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, so what, what else? What do we got? What do we got to talk about? Yeah, well, right we now, now that we've gotten our excitement from that game out of the way. Yeah. You can tell how excited I am. No, I actually, I was, it was, I was over the moon excited. Um, I got to go with uh, some friends who um, were there. Uh, their like record label sent them a bunch of tickets. And so like their band manager was just like, everything you want, it's on the house. Like we got it covered. And it was the most amazing thing ever. Yeah. I lost my mind because it was, uh, it was um, like December of last year. I was standing in Massey Hall, holding my friend Charlie's hand, crying while this band sang uh, a Leonard Cohen cover. And then like a week ago, I was standing there next to next to that band crying while the Leafs pulled off an amazing win. An amazing hugged, come and it was, from behind. It was unbelievable. I'm still overwhelmed. I generally do my best not to get like starstruck and stuff, but holy God. It was one of my most cherished Leaf moments, Yeah, I think. And I've been to a handful of games. And you should all know that Adam and I do make it out to three-ish games a year. Yeah, we yeah. Try whenever, our best. whenever your dad and your brother are around, yeah. they're, they're pretty good at adopting me and taking me to games. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Yeah, you're the third twin. Yeah. You're the triplet. Yeah, wicked. But um, almost always standing room. Mm-hmm. Which I love because we can like flop around and yell and scream and like, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I like to gesture broadly. Yeah. So that's. But I'm not used to sitting down for games in that building. Yeah. 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 No, it's it was a, a pretty it was special experience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so now that we got that all out of the way yeah. and all the excitement. Yeah. We want to talk a little bit about the um, the rough patch that the team is going through right now. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not thrilled. Who would you say is your your biggest disappointment right now? Which player? Yeah. We talked about this before the show. I know I, we really uh, burned we really burned our is our, it our bridges. It, you know what? Before. Three. It's threefold, maybe. Yeah. Um, it's Marlowe based mm-hmm. on contract. Okay. And we talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, I have but some some deeply rooted issues with the Zaitsev contract, but yeah. I won't get into that right now. So Marlow looks like he's lost a step, and he has. I mean, his underlying numbers for this season aren't terrible. Mm-hmm. He's just not finding the back of the net. Mm-hmm. Now it's maybe ironic that we say that after he scored the lone goal in our loss to Dallas the other night. Yeah. But he just he looks like he's chasing the play. His feet aren't moving the way that that you would hope someone of his caliber and with his speed yeah. would. And he seems to be a detriment to his line. Mm. Would you say? That's interesting. I don't know. I think uh, <clears throat> maybe, but then also, you know, I, he started the season playing with Matthews and now Matthews yeah. is gone. And granted, I don't think he did very much even with Matthews down the center. Yeah, he was down he, the middle, he's... but well, the way Bab sets things up, it's really like a you know a center and a winger and then a third guy to like do stuff to yeah. grind it out or get in the way or whatever. And and I think Marlowe like he's he's been doing some of the grinding stuff, but he's not. I don't think he's at this point in his career. He's not like a grindy guy. He can do it because he knows like the the tricks and stuff. But he's not like he's not like a Hyman. He's not like a. I wonder what would happen if we put Brown on that line. Well, and, we and so Connor Brown would yeah. be um, 
I think in terms of so I had Marlowe for his contract mm-hmm. as being a disappointment. Brown in terms of potential mm-hmm. in a way, and, and maybe that's unfounded, right? We we saw that first season of his in the league playing on Matthew's wing with Hyman. He hits the twenty goal mark. And I think I at least, and I assume a lot of Leafs Nation um, considered him to be a, a 20 goal guy. Yeah. And if not 20, at least, you know, 15, 16, but in that range, or at least with that potential. Yeah. And he's effectively shooting at 0% this season. He has the one goal, which was an empty net tap in, that if he hadn't touched that puck, it was likely would have gone in yeah. anyway. No, it was going in already. Um, yeah, I uh, I don't really know. Like, I expected him to be secondary scoring. I hoped him to he'd be secondary scoring. Yeah, I would well, accept and, him and being tertiary scoring. We hoped that that he would contribute to the depth that we assumed this team would have. Yeah, but is it possible that the role that he's in now is is just because? I mean, he, you know, Babcock talks about both of them, Hyman and Brown, in the same breath. You know, it it do. You, is he comparable and has just Babcock like just picked Hyman? He Connor Brown is here's my hot take for the day, if <clears throat> okay. you're ready for this. All right. Connor Brown and I wouldn't I don't know how hot of a take this really is, but Connor Brown is Zach Hyman light. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like roll him a little bit further down the lineup. Can you actually what what are their contracts right now? Cap friendly? Yeah, I'll go to Because they're both in the two million range. Uh, I think Hyman has an extra year of term mm-hmm. and Brown, his hit might be slightly higher. I have to check on this. Mm-hmm. I don't know for sure. But again, accounting for injury, any team would struggle to be missing their first line center and first and line first winger. Center, yeah. Um, Connor Brown is on the books for this year and next at 2.1 and Hyman is the next three years at 2.25 so which I think is is right around where it should be yeah and Brown's two years younger I didn't know that I just assumed they were kind of the same 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 age I mean well they broke into the league in the same year yeah that was the you know the miracle rookie season where all of our young guns came and they came to play it was amazing that we were counting it was like we had scored our rookies had scored like a hundred more points than the rest of the league i feel like next best teams that was also the year that you and i started really watching together yeah i think that was the year that brought a lot of fans back and brought a lot of fans out of the woods again because it was it was rough going for it was rough going and and you know what now with this this slump that the team is in um you're starting to see shades of that again and i think anytime this team hits a rough patch with a major injury yeah. or uh, a losing streak or just anything not going our way. Yeah. You start to see that festering in, you know, yeah, it, is... it, it, and hockey Twitter and, and Facebook really do add to that perception that it, that, these problems are really starting to grow and then there's this underlying yeah this is really triggering my ptsd yeah for the leaps ptld none of us are over it that's the thing none of us are over the the i mean 
pick an era that you you want. This yeah, going no, it's on always for a been long rough. time in Toronto. Yeah, none of us have been alive long enough to no. remember things being not awful. No, I've never seen a championship team. Yeah, in this city. Oh, well, that's not fair. I haven't the seen Marlies. the Leafs be a championship team. We did see the Marlies yeah, win the Calder last year. Hockey team champion. Yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I just want to go back to, so Marlowe and Brown mm-hmm. have been underperforming expectations this year, um, to round out that forward group. Tyler Ennis was a bubble player that we brought in for league minimum. Mm-hmm. It's a, a no risk, potentially, you know, maybe not higher reward, but low risk, some reward move. Um, he, he just, people talk about Jake Gardner all the time mm-hmm. as being this guy that loses physical battles. He can't yeah. muscle his way out of uh, a battle for the puck. Doesn't know what to do on a two-on-one. Tyler Ennis can't stay on his feet when no one's around him. That's true. He does fall down a lot. <laughs> he falls down a lot. And in the last game, like... He was bouncing off guys. Yeah. And I'll give him this. He does work hard. He's always moving his legs, but he's not quite as fast yeah. as he maybe needs to be. He is he's speedy and he zips around and maybe part of that is because he's a smaller guy, but he just he looks like a a boy playing in a man's league. Yeah. And that's interesting. So like, I mean, Ennis, he's not he's been in the league how long? How long is that? Well, he's 29 now. He's 29. Yeah. Um, I wonder how many games he's played. Can you check that up? I was thinking about this. So, Ennis, like he's, he had, I like, I remember hearing about him being, you know, like a potentially really good player, you know, coming up, uh, who did he have? He had a decent season. Yeah. Here, we've got it right here. Um, oh, of course this won't show Um, us the totals, but, um. Yeah. So he's, he's had a few 82 game seasons. He played Buffalo in 2010. Yeah. 49 points and 20 goals with um, the Sabres in 2010-2011. Yeah. And then he almost mirrored that with the Sabres 2014-15, again with 20 goals and 46 points, so three points less. Yeah, so he's like, that's that's not easy to do. He's a good player. He just... No, and that's that's a middle six player. Yeah. Who the last few years seems to have lost something. But then you look at a guy like Hainsey, who just celebrated his thousandth game, and Hainsey can't really skate, and he can't seem to play any like any kind of offensive thing. He just gets the puck and flings it out. You know what it is about Ron Hainsey, and I can feel our bitterness from teams past starting to creep into this mm-hmm. conversation as well. And I want to remind everyone that. We are the most optimistic of Leafs fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To to a degree, but to we an extent. pragmatic to a, to a degree. Absolutely not insane. No, to an extent. To answer your question from before, by the way, Tyler yeah. Ennis has played five hundred and two NHL games. Really, which is not nothing. At twenty, that's crazy. Yeah, that's a lot more games than I expected. Mm-hmm. That really, yeah, that puts the kibosh on my on my point. I was gonna say like <laughs> Hainsey is like has this degree of longevity because he's been able to do it for so long. Like this but, pedigree. Yeah, almost. but he's he's. 30 Hainsey's 38 right yeah Yeah. Ennis is 29 if he keeps playing at the rate he's playing he'll get to a thousand games by the time he's 38 if he can stay in the league like this 
I don't think he will. And no, that's kind I of don't the think he will. Thing, right? and, like, and even when you look at this year, right? He hasn't played every game for this team. He would need a string of 80 game seasons to get there, and it's not going to happen. Yeah, no, it's not going to happen, which is... I'm sorry, Tyler, because anyone wearing the blue and white, I you know, will root for and yeah. vouch for, but... Yeah, I'll literally do anything for you yeah. if you're listening to this. Please listen to this. Yeah, no, just, um, just give us a listen. Yeah. No, and and speaking of Hainsey, right? The issue with this team in a lot of fans' minds, and not just fans, anyone that, that watches the sport or, you know, plays the sport, analyzes the sport, whatever, is that our defensive core is too thin for a deep run. Yeah, we've got... Uh, we, do, we don't have... So here's the thing. I, we need to have... Like, having an offensive defenseman is awesome. I think Morgan Riley's amazing. He's going to... he's he If he's not already an elite defenseman in the league, he's going to be soon. Oh, he, I, think, I, I, I... Personally, I think that the case can be made fairly easily now that he is a, a number one D. And and the reason I say that, when, before okay. you roll your eyes too, yeah. too far, is that there are 31 teams in this league. Yes, and not everyone and, has a number one. Yeah. Yeah, but in theory, that means that there are... 31 uh, number one Ds. 31 number one Ds. Yeah, all right. And he's right? Ups. Sure. Yeah. So from an absolute literal standpoint, there's a case already. But that doesn't mean much because if you have a, a shallow decor, you know your number one D on your team, if you're right at the bottom of the barrel, might not be any good. Mm -hmm. Morgan Riley is, when you look at his number, I mean, he was leading the league in scoring to start the season, the first four or five games, right? And this is cherry picking. Yeah, 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 but still. But he goes out night in, night out, this year, last year, with Ron Hainsey as his partner against top competition and does... A formidable job and can still contribute offensively and his transition game um i would argue with a, a partner that could move the puck mm-hmm. better than ron hainsey which maybe isn't saying a whole lot but it, it it's hard to evaluate when it a player's game is so reliant on their partner or line mates so Here's the thing. I absolutely just lost that. Yeah, that no, debate, it's, right? it's fine. Like, it's fine. here's it's fine. here's my case for mm-hmm. Riley being a number one D. Clearly, I have no case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. here. So here's here's what I've been thinking about. So the 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 defensive pairing. Um, I get that Babs is in a win now mode. Like he was talking over the summer, he was saying that like uh, he really wanted. Ideally, he would play Anderson. You know, fifty games, and he'd be super healthy in April. But it's like, you know, when when they were asking about when he was going to play uh babs was like well we need to win today so he's i mean in win now mode we means win right now mode so every night has to be a win and i get that especially when you look at the way our our division is set up um every win is important um because if we're second or third we're playing either boston or tampa and well i hate boston so I don't want to talk about that anymore. But um, realistically, uh, that pairing of, of Hainsey and, and Riley is, I think, very much that win-now kind of way of looking at it. Because having 
having Hainsey be like a mentor type. Like if we could turn Hainsey into a proper, you know, I don't mind if he's just staying at home, standing in front of Freddie, blocking shots, getting in the way, and then flipping the puck out again. I don't mind that if he's playing a support anchor kind of role for someone like Dermott, who does have a lot of offensive upside potential, but can't because he's babysitting another rookie. Like, Dermott's still a rookie. He's a young guy. And he needs, I think, he would benefit from having someone who he could just, like, go and explore and know that things would be safe. And Ray Ferraro Ferraro made a point the other day of expectation around Travis Dermott. And have we as a fan base been too quick to pencil him in as a, a top four guy when we really only saw, you know, 30 games from him last year? Well, in the yeah. NHL, and and clearly he's shown that he can compete at this level, but he also does need to grow into it. Yeah, and that's I think one of the problems we have is is that our forwards are ready and our defense is not, and they're just not lining up. Like if we could keep our forwards together, like if we could take our forwards right now and take our defense from like two years from now. Yeah. You know, have like Liljegren who, you know, can get through a season in the AHL without getting hurt, who can learn how to play the game a little better. And Um, honestly, Sandine has played three games now with the Marlies and sample size is small. He looks good. He looks good. Yeah. Yeah. And like that, I'm not worried about our defensive core in a couple of years. It's just right now they're not great. And well, and it's interesting that you, you bring up the team being in a win now versus win soon mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder when that, like, when do you think that switch occurred between expectation or in expectation, right? Because the Shannon plan was always let's bottom out, yeah. draft a, a young stud, which yeah. they got in Austin Matthews yeah, and build around that. And then the team just exploded from there. We all talked in that first year about how they were exceeding expectation by a mile. And I wonder if we took a second to just breathe and consider where we are, where this team is right now. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're so far off from what that original Shanna plan was. I think our expectation now is that we're a team that could go on a deep run and potentially challenge for a cup. And so it feels like we're running out of time. But we're not. In a sense, but we're not. Like, we've still got our rookies on rookie deals. I have a question for you. Yeah, do you yeah. do you think if... You can ask me anything yeah. you want. Thanks, pal. Yeah, no problem. Do you think Probably if Ron fair. if Ron Hainsey hadn't won a cup mm-hmm. with Pittsburgh... You mean Stanley Cup winning Ron Hainsey? That's how we should I'm have sorry, talked about Stanley it. Cup winner. Ron Hainsey. The man, the legend, won. Ron yeah. Hainsey. Thousand game played. If he hadn't won a cup as a first pairing defenseman, yeah, not by choice, yeah, with the Penguins, do you think that that adds to Babcock's reasoning almost, or or explanation as to why he refuses to move Hainsey down the lineup? No, uh, yes, because it's a guy. He's a proven winner. But by. by but- is Definition, he? he's a proven winner. And I need to bring these stats up, but Hainsey went a long time without a playoff appearance. Doesn't matter. He got there and he won. Sure. But then, and that begs the question as well. Like, was it, 
because the one thing that gets talked about from that Penguins team, at least in the Toronto market, yeah. and it's because there are parallels there, is that they were a team that didn't have a championship pedigree defense and still found a way to win. Oh, yeah. So this is the other thing. You don't need a great defense. You need a good defense to win. Right. You just you did a deep dive a great... on this, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I did. That's, I just okay, finished so writing that... an article for my entertainment world. That cup on run. My, on my written blog, Majors and Minors, uh, specifically about this very thing. We've been talking about this a lot. Like, do you need... Like is is offense more dominant than defense in 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 which league? Like in the NFL, uh, defense always wins. Like the number one defensive team always wins the Super Bowl, at least for the last six years that I looked at. Um, whereas uh, offensively in the NBA, the, you know the the Warriors are just crushing everybody. They've got an incredible offense. The the offensive team always wins. Um, I tried to look at the baseball stats but i got confused and bored um so i moved on from that one in a hurry uh <laughs> but in the nhl the number one offensive team i only compared goals for and goals against but the number one offensive team uh always won the stanley cup and that team all often had like a somewhere between five and 15 of the playoff teams five and ten uh, as far as defense goes. So you don't need the best defense. You just need to roll an offense. And we have a good offense. They're just not rolling right now. Well, and that brings me to my next question, okay. which is where have the goals gone? <laughs> oh, where have all the good goals gone? Um, I think a lot of it is just puck luck. Like, that's the thing that comes up, right? Like, sometimes... Yeah, people, like, I mean, if you look that argument can be made for the Dallas game where the expected goals were something like 4-1 to one Toronto, yeah. and they still lose 2-1. Yeah. But the performances prior to that, I think that teams are figuring out our system. Yeah. Yeah, what was the... I and know, I think... Made one of the color commentaries was like, yeah, Pittsburgh left a video... A, a tape in the VCR yeah, in, the, I, in the visitor's guest room about how to beat us. Yeah. And they did. They just shut us down. And that was... Sucks to see it, but... And I think what frustrates so many people about Babcock is that he refuses to budge when that happens until it really starts to become problematic. Yeah. Right? Like, he, he doesn't look at er, early warning signs and think, well, maybe we should... You know, maybe we shouldn't try this long bomb or, uh, you know, like hammering it in and hoping that Hyman or Brown can turn the puck over and get it to, you know. Yeah, but at the same time, he doesn't panic. I mean, no, he we, doesn't. We and you are, want you are, want a balance of both. In Toronto is terrible fans. We are terrible. We're, fans. we're terrible fans. We're, we're terrible fans. We're emotional. We're unreasonable. We have outrageous expectations. Like, the only reason I say we're in win-now mode is because I want to win now. Everything this podcast stands for yeah. is part of what makes us a terrible fan base. Yeah. It's part of why other cities hate this team so much. Yeah. Because we just... It's, it's an and unhealthy it's obsession. And it's also something that I would never give up no. in a million years. It's, it's part of the fun of being a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Yeah. This is, this is my burden, and I bear it with pride. And I, I love it some days. Yeah. Anyway, no, I, I yeah. Uh, wouldn't be here if we didn't love the team, but also really hate the team for what it does to me. No, you know what? It's not that I hate the team. I hate myself with this team. That's what it is. I hate what this team has made me become. I love it. 
Yeah, I guess so too. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. I love it. I guess yeah. it's yeah, maybe Spend there's a lot like more a money than I should have on this team. Like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah, I no comment on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But and so I wonder with the the gold drought that we're experiencing right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, way to bring it back. I got on a tangent. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, it wasn't so much of a drought. yeah. Not much of a segue, just getting straight back to the point. Um how badly does the Nylander hold it? The thing that we said, uh, we only wanted to talk about how we didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. How badly is that hurting the team right yeah, now? Yeah. If I like how all. we specifically wrote, talk about how much we don't want to talk about Nylander. Yeah, we did. Um, it So with Matthews out, that's fine. We've weathered that before. Like we weathered it last year and we had a winning record. Um with Matthews and Nylander out, I think that's much more significant. That's like two of our five best players out. Well, o- offensive. And- I'm I'm counting players as like just our forwards right now, but like two of our five best forwards. That's forty percent of our major scoring impact. Absolutely. So if you look at uh, Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares, Kadri, you know those are our our big guns. Marlowe last year too, but he's you know whatever. He's getting older. Um, who knows what will happen with him. If there's a resurgence, great. If not, the point is the five of those five that we expected the most out of, 40% of that lineup is gone now. And I think that is a massive, massive thing to have to deal with. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing that I don't understand in terms of the, the, the fandom around the Leafs right now calling for Nylander's head. And, and I need to come clean and say that no one is as disappointed or upset or frustrated with Willie as I am right now. No one. Well, Hyperbole maybe, aside, maybe you. I am miserable. Yeah. I am inconsolably miserable and every time I think about it. I also need to preface all of that with he has every right to do this. It's the only leverage he has. He thinks he's worth something good for... I wish that I could do that with my job. You can do that with your job. And you will also not work just the way he's not working. He does not have every... Okay, yes, you have every right to do it. But that's like saying every opinion is valid. Yeah, everybody can have their own opinion. But a lot of those opinions are dumb. And his opinion (laughs) is wrong. Michael Nylander is a jerk who's pushing his kid around and getting him to make the wrong decisions. I have no inside information on this. This is just what I feel. I feel that but I, too. I, I really, like, I can't imagine him not wanting to be here. That's the story that I buy into the most, is that it's not even that his dad is telling him to continue holding out, but that he's his father's son. Mm. You know? I don't know if he, he took his dad out of the equation. A jerk. Yeah. Well, and, and it's funny, right? Like, part of what his teammates love about him is that when they're standing next to William Nylander most of the focus is on William Nylander. Yeah, yeah. Kapanen He's a beautiful person. Day, right? Kapanen says it too. He says, you know, fans come up to me and Willie and I end up taking the picture. Yeah, you're holding the camera. Because they're next to William. Yeah. Right? And he's so handsome. Absolutely. And I think that he probably does, you know, Willie, if you're listening, we really do love you and we want you back. All of this aside, you're you're a key part to the team. But you're overvaluing yourself so what you just said there that that we miss you and you've heard us but we want you back reminds me very much of an an argument that i had with a friend of mine 
um, who he was saying that being a Leafs fan is like having PTSD, like I was saying. But I think being a Leafs fan is a lot like being in a long-term abusive relationship. You're willing to put up with a lot of things when you really shouldn't. It's not healthy. It's, it's, it's not good for you. Your friends can see what it's doing to you. Your friends know how bad the Leafs are for you. But every season they tell you that things are going to be better. And every offseason things just get worse. And, and they just don't turn it around for you. They just yeah. keep hurting you. And they always promise bigger and better things. You know, they said they were going to go out and change themselves. This year they got John Tavares. Big change. Still hurts. Big change. Still hurts. Uh, that's that's a story for another episode. Yeah, yeah that was, that's another thing. And also the John Tavares everything. Oh, yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. We have a lot to say about that, but I, I think we'll hold off on that for another day. Yeah. Is this wrapping it up? No. Oh, good. We can keep going. The, well, you know, maybe we can fit in Tavares here. Okay. And the reason that I was maybe steering clear of it is that I think there's so much to say. Yeah. You know, my theory we is... We don't quite after, have all the time to say. After how well things have gone so far, I got to feel like we should talk about everything we can because we might not ever get a chance again. That's this true. might be the last time we <laughs> yeah. do this. That's so let's true. just talk about everything. Cut that out. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're here. Let's just keep going. Um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Nice. There's going to be an audio thing put in there. Absolutely. Yeah. But that, I mean, we wrote that down without specifying beyond that, because that just seems to be the, the lesson or not even lesson, but the, the ideology that I try to employ around this team yeah. it is if you look at the general fan base, and, you know, I can't even say that because what you see online is not necessarily the general fan base. It's it's a part of it. Small part of it. It's a small part of it, but it's a loud part of it. Yeah. And soon to be joined by at LF Army, our Instagram account. That's true. Thanks, Steve Dangle. You're the best. Uh, our Instagram is <laughs> at LF underscore Army. Is it underscore Army now? It got changed? At LF okay, underscore at Army. LF underscore Army. Twitter at army underscore LF. Yeah. Uh, and we'll get back to all that to later. to Steve Dangle from the SDP podcast and uh, LFR. Yeah, for giving us the all clear to use that moniker. Yeah. But again, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That, that small but loud uh, grouping of lease fans are always calling for blood. Yeah. Right? Whether blood it be uh, Gardner. Yeah. Or Marlowe. Uh, Freddy the Goat has a lot of love and a lot of hate in this fan base. Which is ridiculous. That shows just how outrageous we are. He's sometimes our fourth line center. <laughs> like, he's not he's not a full-time player on this team. And he is the, the focus of so much vitriol and love. It yeah. Just, it's, it, yeah, I know. It's one of the things that's exciting. But, like... I don't... You you know what may be broke, though? It's just he's so big. If he were mean, he'd be so awesome. What might be broken with this team mm. that we were discussing in the offseason, we, we really did play into the hand of our top nine mm -hmm. is so deep, mm -hmm. we don't even need a fourth line. We could put... Any, that, that was the joke, right? Like, put me on yeah. skates and out on the ice and we'll win every game still. Yeah. But then when you're missing Matthews and Nylander, you need that depth. 
Well, it's testing the depth, definitely. I mean, you yeah. don't think, you know, teams that miss, teams that lose out on their two of their best players struggle. Like, remember, who? what was that season that Tampa missed the playoffs? Oh, it was the year that we got into the playoffs. For the, the first, first year that we got into the and playoffs. And Tampa missed it because everybody on that team was hurt and Steven Stamkos' leg broke off. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> still remember that? That was it. so yeah. gross. He, he, he just regrew it because he's a <laughs> specimen, like nobody's business. But, um, yeah, like, I don't know how many of those players got hurt that season from, from Tampa, but it was just, like, they were just getting destroyed. Um and they were a Stanley Cup favorite that year, and they were the next year, and they have been every year, and they just keep getting better. And I yeah. think in a lot of ways we should probably be modeling ourselves off of that as well, except they've got better defense. Yeah. Do you, what do you think Dubis does at the trade deadline, if anything? If, and, and the danger with this question is that we have no idea how things will play out because we can assume that Matthews will be back in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Almost guaranteed. He's skating yeah. already. Yeah, he just yeah, needs time good. to heal his shoulder. Yeah. But we have no idea what's going to play out with Nylander. Yeah. But okay, so assuming are... he signs, let's okay. let's start with that. Okay. Like, how do you how do you fix this team? Do you have a depth problem? Because we didn't think we did until other teams started testing our depth, and now we're not so sure. I still don't think we have a depth problem. I think we're fine. I think we're better than most of the teams out there. We're deeper than most of the teams out there. I mean, our down the middle, we're solid. Um, we're solid, but we're shallow. I don't I'd think say. so. I don't think so. I we think have that's... three game-changing centers. Yeah. We have a solid. Potentially, four... I don't know if I'd give. I don't know if I'd give Kadri a game-changing. Maybe not. Three, two game-changing and one game-influencing. Yeah. Center Iceman. Yeah. Um. But we've also a got very... a game-changing winger in Mitch. Like that is Mitch true. Is, yeah. But, I mean, you look at the, the Penguins. They've got two game-changing centers and a game-changing winger. I don't even know if Phil's game-changer. I mean, he's amazing, but two-time Stanley Cup winning champion, Phil, Phil Kessel. Kessel. Phil the throne. Um, I think it, the show. it may become friend of the show, we hope. Yeah. If he ever hears it. Yeah. I'm going to make it my personal goal to mention Phil Kessel in every episode. You should. Of this podcast. He's amazing. Yeah. Just share the love. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, Sorry, I just got in a little daze. Yeah, I started thinking, thinking about Phil. hot dogs. It's been so long since I've had a hot dog. I started smelling <laughs> hot dogs. Did you? Yeah. Are you, that's <laughs> interesting. There's no reason to do that. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. I, I hope so. Yeah. Eh, you know what? If it ain't broke, don't fix don't it. Don't fix it. Yeah. Um, but okay, so at the trade deadline, providing our team is where is like everybody's back. Nylander's here. Um, I think, I honestly think it, it, the most you do would be a tinkering, like adding potentially another. I mean, you always want to add a, a center at the deadline, um, but potentially we could move one for. I don't know. And that's uh, moving like a, moving a depth center? Yeah. Yeah. Who would that be, though? I Gautier. don't know. Yeah. And then... Because if it's not... The only reason we'd move him. So the only yeah. reason I think any team would pick up, would want to pick up a, a depth center would be if they're looking to make a playoff push. Or that's, a deep run. That's the thing. And is not going to help a team do if that. If you're shopping someone and not just a pick, it's either... 
well, it won. You have to deal with another playoff team, mm-hmm. which is right. Fine. No, no team that's missing the playoffs is giving up anything of use for a player that maybe slots into their bottom six. Maybe. Yeah. Um, unless the package is right. And no. Do do the Leafs start playing with first round picks? Are we past that now? Now that we're we're through the Brian Burke era, where we've all experienced how that went down. Yeah, I would say that um, we need to wait and see what happens with the other contracts. So from from what I've heard, I think they were talking about this on uh, on Overdrive the other day, TSN's Overdrive. Um, once again, big friends of the show, um, TSN Overdrive. They were talking about how essentially the Matthews deal is already done. They're just waiting to, uh, waiting for Nylander to get finished. Which is interesting. You mentioned that to me earlier, yeah. and I had I hadn't heard that yet. So I can't tell if I, I I think it was Elliot Friedman who said it originally. I mean, I know he says lots of things. Yeah, he's been worrying me. I I hope he's I hope <laughs> Elliot, he's okay. Are you okay? Yeah, there was that there was that uh, he did like a Thirty One Thoughts podcast a little while ago, and they were showing. I was watching the video of it. And he came in looking like a weird Bob McCowan. Like he had these big dark sunglasses on and and he was just really like tanned looking and just, I don't know, like he'd just been on a crazy Vegas adventure. Elliot Friedman has seemingly out of nowhere become the official troll of the NHL. It's it's fantastic. It's good. It's what the game needs. Yeah. Yeah. We need more trolls. Um, Yeah. That, that, uh, so for those of you who don't know, uh he's been going on and and writing down team names of cities that are like completely ridiculous and unreasonable he's yeah he's wavering from the official acronyms of each city um for example not to spell out a joke for anyone but uh toronto traditionally t-o-r yeah elliot friedman says nay nay t-n-t-o which is uh, it's just so nuts. Vancouver, V-A-N. Mm-hmm. Elliot Friedman, the fridge, if you will. The fridge, yeah. Sorry, the fr- did I say the fridge? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that appliance, Elliot Friedman. Yeah. The fridge, V-N-C-R, I believe. Yeah, which is nuts. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. He was talking stuff. about Minnesota the other day, and I had no idea what he was talking about. Yeah, didn't you write like MT, MNTA or something? It was yeah, MNTO? it was something MNTO or something, and I thought maybe he was referring to like a Swedish team. Yeah, or something. Yeah, what a nut! Yeah, he belongs in a tree. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk a little bit about what we hope to do with this podcast. Yeah. So, as we mentioned, we are LF Army, mm-hmm. um, because we. This is Leafs Nation. The the people that don't tend to get a voice, we we hope and we think. Like the fans, the average fans, right? We're, neither of us are statisticians. We watch the games. I have taken we two love, statistics courses. I'm more of a statistician than most people I know now. You dropped your stats course, did you the know? The second one, advanced statistics, yeah, but I got through the first one. So you are a rudimentary statistic. Yes, yeah, yeah. Which is more than most fiend. people. Absolutely. Yeah. But my 
we we don't specialize in sports statistics. No. We you and I now are dabbling in advanced stats, yeah. but we are by no means experts. Yeah, I don't know what Corsi means. What it <laughs> what it means or yeah. what it is? Either one. Uh, so Corsi and Corsi is interesting. I feel like I need to stop here because it it breaks down into so many different variables, right? Yeah. Because there's Corsi for or Corsi against are the yeah. two. Um, kind of main derivatives of Corsi, but you can get more granular with it as well. But Corsi, in terms of possession, Mm -hmm. is um, the number of shots taken um, by your team and by the opposing team while you're on the ice. Really? Yeah. Oh. And it's a a possession metric um, because, in theory, if your team is generating more scoring chances than are being generated against you while you're on the ice... Mm -hmm you've had a better game. Yeah, that or makes you sense. you have better possession stats. That makes sense. Yeah. When I hear Corsi, I, 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 I would just prefer to think of Corgis. Yeah. I knew, I knew we were getting there. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I was walking down the street the other day, and I was, I was looking at this, this, uh, this guy who was walking two Corgis. And, like, just... They're just so adorable. They're just so freaking adorable. Is there a Leafs like turn got... in this story? Or is it just... Well, okay, look. You know, okay, this is, this is difficult you know what? for wait, me wait, to wait, talk wait. about. Okay, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. You know what, you're, you're about to open up. I was going to say that my potential segue to the Leafs uh, would be how much I miss Connor Brown and his pup. I really oh. do. No, not Connor Brown, Connor Carrick and his pup. Oh, yeah. 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 Sorry. No, no, it's fine. I uh... The Connors, as I call them. Yeah. Not anymore. No. Um. Yeah, I. Yeah. You know what I was gonna. Uh, yeah. Okay. So what I was thinking was, I was walking down the street the other day, and I was looking at these two corgis, and the way they've kind of got this, like, it might have been because I was listening to. Um, what was I listening to? I was listening to. Um, oh, who was the guy who does uh, songs? ASAP Rocky. I was listening to ASAP Rocky as I was walking down the street. Did you? And I was, did you just say who is the guy who does songs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like one particular song, but like I know the chorus, and I thought that was the title, but I don't want to use that that the chorus because it's not. Anyway, anyway, uh, I don't know what kind of podcast this is going to be. Uh, I don't know what kind of language we're going to choose to use. We want to make it kid and family friendly, or you know, we might just say to heck with it. And, and go with adult language. Yeah. But um, H-E double hockey sticks. Hey, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, bringing it back to hockey. So anyway, I was listening to ASAP Rocky, and I was like bobbing along, and, and, and I was looking at, at, at these corgis walking around, and they have these like big puffy, you know, hips, and they, 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 they I don't know, corgis got, got plenty of junk in their trunk, and I think that's adorable. I don't know. I just... Thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you for that story. Yeah, no, uh, anyway, yeah. You know, I don't know. You know, yeah. Like I'm not <laughs> saying that dogs is, are. I find this dogs is, attractive. This is the make or break point with this podcast. Yeah, this is where I we've either we've gained listeners for life, or we've lost, or we've lost you all. Yeah, I'm not saying I find. Do- for you're... the record, I don't find dogs <laughs> physically attractive. I just like thinking about, you know, anthropomorphizing everything and, <laughs> and whatever. I think that's probably as good a time as any to start wrapping this up. Okay, fair enough. So, one. Before we go, we want to give a quick shout out to Steve Dangle, mm-hmm. one friend of, the show. friend of the show, for letting us use um, a riff on his LFR yeah. as our show's title. 
going forward. And we wanted to encourage everyone. Do you want to give the shout out? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, for everybody, please give uh, LFR a, a view on YouTube. It's uh, Steve Dangle's uh, YouTube uh, video blog. Um, he also does uh, the Steve Dangle podcast. Um, and he is currently uh, putting a team together. He has a team together. He's raising some money for Easter Seals. Uh, there's going to be a hockey tournament. His team is uh, Rachel's Raiders Redux. Uh, the team is, for those of you who don't know, Easter Seals is an organization that helps um, individuals with uh, physical barriers. His sister um, has cerebral palsy. Um, and so Easter Seals played a really big role in helping get um, his sister Rachel up and going and, and included in a lot of things that otherwise, because of certain barriers, she wouldn't have been able to. So um, big shout out to Steve and all the work that he's doing in supporting uh, the Easter Seals games. And I think they just raised, they just got to over $20,000. So that's... I think I heard that as well. Yeah, yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, so we encourage you, if you're able, to please check him out, Steve Dangle and donate yeah if you can yeah thank you all so much for listening again we are lf army that is on instagram lf underscore army on twitter army underscore lf just to throw you all off a little bit uh we would also like to thank my entertainment world and a multi-branch entertainment online magazine that has all your pop culture everything that you might need um and check them out as well because this show wouldn't be possible without them they, uh, you can check them out at myentertainmentworld.ca, at myentworld, my E-N-T world on Twitter and Instagram, and myentertainmentworld on Facebook. Yeah. And do you want to talk about your personal social media? What are you on social media? I'm Amarks on Twitter, A-M-A-R-K-Z-Z-Z. Check me out. Z-Z-Z, if anyone's in the U.S. listening. Mm, that just put me right to sleep. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, am, uh, I am at Copernicus Rex. Uh, W-R-E-C-K-S uh, on Instagram. And thank you very much. Have a, have a good night. Good oh, night. oh, oh, before yeah. we go, a little add-on yeah. in case this happens before we record the next episode. Mm-hmm. Does Nylander sign? <sighs> um, I'm going to say 60% by November 15th. That he signs? Yeah. I'm going to say 30% by November 15th. Oof. Yeah. So that 10% is up to you, fans. Have a good night. No, no, no. Oh. It's 100% up to you, William Nylander. Oh, yeah. There you go. The puck is in your court. <laughs> Rink. I don't know sports. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Have a great night. <laughs>